My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. Okay, you clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Praise God. Amen. I tell you what, the presence of God is something amazing, isn't it? The Word of God is sweet, isn't it? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing of the rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Isn't that wonderful? The pure word of God. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. And uh, y'all just don't play around here in Pensacola. Y'all are just hungry. Amen. Y'all, y'all didn't leave me nothing left to give this morning. Amen. Y'all were just pulling every scripture out of me. Hallelujah. And uh, the foundation of this wonderful church, uh, this wonderful leadership, uh, the teaching and preaching that you get every week uh, is very evident in your hunger for the Word of God, and it's through that teaching and preaching it just prepared an atmosphere uh, that the presence of God and your leadership cultivated where God can just break in. And I commend you and your response and openness to the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of God, and uh, I'm just excited to go at it again. I mean, we'll just... I mean, we're here, amen. <laughs> we might, might as well go round two around here, praise God. Get in round three Tuesday night, amen. And then we're going to eat good this week, huh? I always make sure I schedule my fasting around the holidays. I'm like, okay, Lord, I know you're not leading me to fast on Thanksgiving. We got to put this thing yeah, afterwards. Amen. Y'all not hearing me. <laughs> hey, there, there's places that you just try your best not to fast. You know, it's like your ears are, if God says fast, but in, it's Thanksgiving time. You're like, Ooh, Lord, I, the day after Christmas time. Oh Lord, you sure New Year's, right? And the only other time I wrestle with that is Louisiana. If I got to go to Louisiana, oh, Lord, it's tough to fast in Louisiana. Some of the greatest food in the world. I told them when I was in Louisiana one time, I said, look, I commend you guys because I know that if you fast one day in Louisiana, that is equivalent to a 21-day fast in heaven. If you can deny Louisiana food one day, 
Heaven's like, uh uh-uh, that's 20. I'll give you a 21-day fast right there. (laughs) That's just pure theory, obviously. Why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 34. Thank you guys for your kindness. Thank you uh, for the uh, gift basket. And uh, you guys have blessed us so much every time we, we come. So appreciative uh, to the kindness, the kindness of the Kinsey family. And we're so thankful to be here. And um, uh, the Herrings had a, had a day off. And he was just working the altars on his day off. Amen. Uh, I just appreciate his heartbeat for the kingdom of God. And uh, appreciate what God is doing throughout the body. Amen. Exodus chapter 34, verse 5. Um, let's see what the Lord does here. Exodus chapter 34, verse 5. If you have it, say Amen. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. For it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance." And he said, Behold, I make a covenant, the Lord speaking. I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing I will do with thee. I want to draw my thought out of verse 10 where he said, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels. I want to preach on that subject this evening, a covenant of marvels. A covenant of marvels. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands. Let's ask God to speak in this house. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these wonderful people. I thank you for the hunger that I feel here. I thank you for the solid foundation that is in this church. So thankful for every elder that has invested their lives into this wonderful kingdom. God, I'm so thankful for the presence of God. I'm so thankful for the young people that have caught division and have begun to give themselves to the kingdom in an unprecedented way. God, I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
Congratulations on the engagement. Come on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> amen. Covenant of Marvel's already started, amen. Y'all got engaged, hallelujah. Congratulations, amen. A covenant of marvels. One of the toughest things about God is that your God cannot be exhausted. Uh, no one can ever uh, discover or reach the end of God's nature. Amen. Um, no one has ever scratched the surface of the end of God. There, there's so much in him, all of him cannot be exhausted. The psalmist said, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Meaning there are dimensions in God that no one has ever fully examined. That there are spots in God that Abraham never seen. Spots in God that David never seen. Spots in God that the apostle Paul never seen. Your God, no matter how close he comes in relationship with humanity, no man has seen every aspect of God. The fullness of God manifested itself in the man Christ Jesus so we saw his his body the apostles handled him but as far as dimensions where he said greater works than these shall ye do as far as dimensions as far as actions as far as the types of miracles they didn't know what it was like for God to heal cancer back in those days Come on, they, they didn't know what it was like for God to heal somebody of COVID. They, they didn't know all the dimensions of God. No one could ever reach all of the dimensions of God. There are layers to his greatness that, that have yet to be untapped. Come on, somebody. And as the end time draws near and as the coming of the Lord comes closer, he is going to reveal aspects of his nature that we have never seen before. <laughs> Amen. But the thing about man is man, uh, man is very, uh, I'm just going to say it, man, man can be prideful. Amen. Uh, like I heard on the news uh, the other day, they said this is the warmest it's ever been in Australia. You want to talk about some pride. It's the warmest it's ever been in Australia. How old are you? Are you getting it? When did you start keeping record? Oh, about 150 years ago. So, so accurately, it's the warmest it's ever been in Australia on record. Are you getting it? Because you weren't here 5,000 years ago. You weren't here 1,000 years ago. You don't know what state that country was in. 
Are you getting it? But, but, but we have a tendency to make man the measurement. And man gets credit for discovery. But God created everything. God doesn't get credit for creating, but man gets credit for discovery. This is a new species. God's like, no, it's not. We, we discovered a new, oh, no, I created that from the beginning. You just found out about it. Always been there. Come on, somebody. But you just found out about it. As a matter of fact, we have better equipment. We know more about space than we do the ocean. We have equipment to go up, but we don't have enough equipment to go down. <laughs> Amen. But man gets credit for discovery. Man gets, gets rich off of principles of the word of God. <laughs> Amen. Uh, boy, we're going to get deep here tonight. Amen. Here we go. Uh, man, man, motivational uh, speakers get, 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 get rich off of the discovering the power of waking up early. 5.30 a.m. You need it 3 a.m.? And look, look at you on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, I got to wake up earlier. Amen. That's how they did it. That's all. But in the word of God, in Proverbs, it says, uh, wisdom speaking, those that seek me early shall find me. Meaning it's a biblical principle. When you wake up early, there's going to be more wisdom, more ideas, more discovery. And God will honor that for an unbeliever as well as a believer. That's why he'll give business ideas in the morning. That's why he'll give, come on, ideas for companies in the morning. That is a principle not that man came up with. That is something that is forever settled in the word of God. He can't, he can't be exhausted. He's the, he's the beginning of all things. He's preeminent. He is before. He is the only potentate. Your God is so powerful. You can go to him uh, for anything and everything, and he will, he, will, he will do whatever he has to do to give you the insight that you need. Now, this is interesting. If you thought that was off the deep end, well, here we go. You know, the Bible says that Elijah was caught up in the chariots of heaven, right? The chariot of fire from heaven, right? Are you ready for this? Here's my question. Who created the chariot? Here's my question. Who created the chariot? Because there was already one in heaven. The chariot didn't originate on earth. It started in heaven. Man, people like to say that, that, that inspiration has many sources, but only 
anointing comes from God. That's not true. Anointing and inspiration come from God. I'm about to help somebody. The chariot was already in heaven, but God whispered an idea to man. And the chariot's original occupation was to carry holiness. But when God whispered the idea to man, man's heart bent it towards something evil. God gives inspiration liberally, but man's heart decides whether it becomes good or evil. The conditions of man's heart. And so when man got the whisper of inspiration about the chariot, he decided to use it as a weapon of destruction. As a weapon of war. Are y'all with me? God gave a whisper of an idea and man caught it and began to invent. And he created the chariot. Not as a way to carry holiness but as a weapon of warfare. Because man's heart decides where inspiration bends. So the chariot started in heaven. Chariot, the Latin word, keras, keras, C-A-R-R-U-S, carriage. The carriage, the invention of the carriage came from the invention of the chariot. The chariot came from heaven. Heaven became the author. Are you getting it? And man got an idea of the chariot. And then now they began to, to, to get from the idea of the chariot. They got the idea of the carriage. Kara, C-A-R-R-U-S. Car! The car came from the invention from the carriage. And the carriage came from the invention of the chariot. And the chariot came from heaven. Every good and perfect gift coming down from the Father of lights. <laughs> your, your God cannot be exhausted. He's already ahead of you. Amen. He's already ahead of you. He's his mind. It's just it's he is the genius. He's not a genius. He's he's the one that gave you the mental faculties that you have to work on your job. He's the one that gave you the idea to build structures. He's the one that gave you the idea of instruments. He's the one that gave you the idea. Come on, somebody. He's the one that made community important. Can I tell you there's not a job that exists today that is isn't built around meeting the needs of others. Come on, somebody. Where did that come from? That came from a God that put the concept of community. So here it is. Here it is. So, so, so God gives Mark Zuckerberg the idea of community, whispers community. Mark Zuckerberg's heart says, Facebook. Now you decide whether that's good or bad. Amen. <laughs> Are you getting it? Are you getting it? God 
has blessed man in such a capacity. He has put the blessing over man. He has put, and he honors principles. And that's why the scripture states that the Gentiles uh, that know not the law do by nature those things that are contained in the law. The Gentiles that didn't even know God, they were actually obeying God in certain respects without even knowing God or the scriptures. Because he put consciousness in man. And Moses states that when he goes up, they go into the wilderness, he gets the glory of God, he gets the second tables, tables of stone. And the Bible says, when the Lord came among him and passes before Moses, I want you to catch this. I, I want you to get that concept that your God cannot be exhausted. When he descends in his glory... Moses said, look, Lord, these are stiff-necked people. Hear one of the people in the tribe saying, I heard that. <laughs> but look what God says. This is what, this is what amazes me. God says, behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. Listen, and I will do marvels. Hold on one second, God. You already opened the Red Sea. We never seen that before. You destroyed the entire Egyptian army. We never seen that before. You just gave us the Ten Commandments from heaven. You brought a plague of flies. You brought a plague of frogs. You covered the sun. You called Abraham. You already have done some things that we are still trying to wrap our mind around. But God said, I want to tell you that I haven't done anything yet because I'm getting in covenant a covenant of marvels and everything that you've seen in your past is just a precursor of what I'm about to do in your future He said, I don't care how great it was. I don't care how great it was. He said, I, haven't, I wasn't in covenant with you to do marvels yet, was I? But look at the miracles that I did. So just think about what's going to happen. When I get in a covenant of marvels with you, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. But the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. He opened the Red Sea. He opened the Red Sea. He said, but no, but no, I'm about to do marvels. He uses it and says, no, that was just a precursor to what's coming. And I know you don't believe that it can get better. Oh, God in heaven, you don't believe it can get better. Because you watched as you walked through the Red Sea, as the water stood up on both sides. And you thought this is the best that it's ever going to get. You watched as you 
saw me keep you in Goshen. You thought that was my preserving power. You thought you saw as I put the plague of fire in hell. You thought that was the extent of my power. But I'm about to get in a covenant of marvels just to tell you, you haven't seen nothing yet. It's about to get better. It's about to get greater. And the future is greater. The future, the future is greater. I haven't even done anything yet. What God was saying was, I haven't even tried yet. He said, because I'm about to do some things that no one's ever seen. But, but they're like, hold on, but we never seen you split the Red Sea before. I was like, yeah, that's, that's yesterday's news. Oh, because I'm about to do something even greater than that. I'm getting in a covenant of marvels with you where it's with you. So it's not just what I can do from the heavenlies. I get glory when I start using stiff neck people. Y'all not hearing me. I get glory when I start using people that don't feel like they have nothing to offer. That feel like they have nothing to offer my kingdom. That feel like they can't do anything great. That's where the marvels work. When I link up with humanity and I get... God's, God's greatest miracle was not whenever he created the heavens and the earth. God's greatest miracle uh, was it when he became human. His greatest miracle was when divinity linked up with humanity. And that's where the marvels start. Come on, somebody. The marvels start when divinity links up with you, links up with you, links up with you. It says, I'm about to do marvels that nobody's ever seen before. Oh, somebody clap your hands if you believe that. Oh, I feel like I'm preaching to somebody. Amen. Amen. He said, you haven't seen anything yet because, and it's tough to believe, listen, that God has more. Oh, it's just me. My bad. <laughs> I said, it's tough to believe that God has more. Because you know what our human instinct is? Whenever things are going well, any day now, something about to mess up. You get a promotion on your job. You're like, oh, congrats on your promotion. And you're like, yeah, I hope they don't fire me. <laughs> Watch this. We, we, we put a limit, listen, on good things. We master that slogan, all good things must. And God's like, not me. And when you get incumbent with me, I am from everlasting to everlasting. So as long as you stay incumbent, come on, you will just continue to grow. You will just continue. All good things must end. It's amazing that when God is doing such blessings, such things in our life, we start looking for something to mess it up. 
And if nothing messes it up, you know what? You find a way to mess it up. It's going too good. How long has it been since I failed? Uh, six months. Ah, I think today's a good day. <laughs> and then when you fail, you breathe out a sigh of relief. There's <sighs> too much pressure being blessed all the time. Come on, somebody. And it's amazing how we put a limit on blessing, but we never put a limit on our trials. When everything's going well, you're like, oh, I'm about to mess up. I'm like, hey. You're like walking like real slow. Like, like you said things going so good, you, you don't even want to park your car close to the to the supermarket, because you're like, ah, oh, if I park it too close, somebody's going to hit me, and it'll mess up my day. You park it in the middle of nowhere, so nobody hits you. <laughs> When's the last time you were in a wreck? Ah, 1983. <laughs> but, but you're like, something's got to go wrong, though, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a preempt the wrongness. I'm a, I'm dodging stuff that ain't even there. Amen. Your daughter come knock on your door, knock on your room at 12 o'clock at night. You grab your pillow. Who is it? Come on. Like, I'm too blessed. Oh, Somebody's going to break in or something. It's getting real in here, huh? But, but, but we never limit our trials, do we? When the trials happen, we're just like, hey, this is just where I'm at. It's not the same where it's like, huh, oh, it'll be over soon. It's just like, how you doing? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I'm still here, amen. It's just, uh, You, you ain't even looking for a way out of the trial. You just kind of accept it. Just like, <gasps> is that real preaching? That's real talk, huh? Because in our humanity, we anticipate limitations on goodness, but we don't anticipate limitations on trials and suffering. We don't even resist it. We just accept it. I knew it was coming. Here, here it is. Amen. Wave a hand if I'm helping you. Wave a hand if I'm helping you. We, we put limits. We put a limit on when God starts doing good things in our life. But I'm trying to tell you that it doesn't have to be exhausted. When he blessed you in the past, that was not your peak. I said that wasn't your mountaintop. I said, you haven't seen your mountaintop yet, Pensacola. I'm trying to tell you what is ahead of you is greater than what is behind you. They, they thought they were living the life like walking through the Red Sea, like, oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, oh, look at that fish. Oh, God. Okay, just kidding. Keep, keep walking. ADHD, he always distracted. Amen. 
walking slow, looking at all this stuff. Oh, hey, fishy. Walk, walk, walk. Pharaoh's right behind us. Somebody pick, my son would be picking up rocks. My, so I put that rock down and come on. My son can find a rock everywhere. Every time we enter a restaurant, he has a new rock. He's <laughs> like, but dad, it's a smooth stone like David. It's like, oh, you use the biblical principle, son, so I can't let you throw it away. You can keep it. Got like 25 rocks at home. <laughs> he knows how to bring the Bible in, praise God. <laughs> Amen. I tell him, son, he killed him with one stone. <laughs> but, it, but every time it's like, this one's better, Dad. <laughs> they go through the Red Sea, and they come out. And when they come out, listen to this, they come out. And when they come out, this is profound to me. This is where we struggle. The Bible says they came out of Egypt. Here it is. By armies. They were slaves 400 years. 430 years they were slaves. Yet the Bible says when they came out, they came out as armies. Think about the mental struggle they have to deal with when you've been a baker your whole life. Now Moses says, hey, you're my head general. Wait, what did he used to do? Oh, bake cakes. In a day, they became an army. What did you used to do? Oh, I used to wash all the soldiers' feet, wash all their, wash all their sandals. What you, what you doing now? Oh, I'm the head general of the whole army. What a promotion. <laughs> Promoted, listen, with no experience. There was a whole lot of people to choose from. To become the general, no experience, no experience, no experience, no experience, no experience, no experience. Have you? What, what, what do you do? Oh, well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a shepherd. Let me see that staff. You're hired. <laughs> Just by how you hold that staff, I believe you can hold a sword. In a day. They were an army. Living your whole life being told you're nothing, you're nobody, you'll never be anything. And in one day, now you're leading an army. And when you get that mentality, when you come out, you're like, I'm a general. You can't even comprehend when God says, hey, you're going to be a farmer in the promised land. They couldn't fathom in one generation going from bakers to generals to farmers. Are you getting it? In one generation, God says, I'm going to take you from being a slave, from a slave to a general, 
to a farmer. And when you can't believe that God is able, watch this, you define yourself too quickly. I, I, I'm, you know, the slave thing was what I was used to. You know, it's not all bad. They had good cucumbers there. That is what it says in the Bible. We, we miss the cucumbers of Egypt. Yeah, you're eating those cucumbers with cuts on your face, cuts on your back, cuts on your ankles. Yeah, but it was good. No, it wasn't good. It was comfortable. They defined themselves too quickly. They couldn't see themselves becoming slaves and becoming generals and then becoming farmers in the promised land, possessing their own land, becoming, becoming, owning their own land by the help of God. They couldn't even fathom that. So they decided to find themselves, well, I'm, I'm really a general. I like the general stage. Someone else is like, well, I like the slave stage. But I like the general stage, but, but we... we that's too great to believe for that. Is this making sense? And uh, very interesting that in Deuteronomy 6.23, it states, God speaking, he said, I brought you out from hence to bring you in. What was he saying? He said, I brought you out from Egypt to bring you into the promised land. Here it is. And I would have never delivered you if I didn't already prepare a place of promise before you. I'd have let you die in sin. Y'all not hearing me tonight. I'd have let you die in sin if I already didn't have a promise over this church and over your life and over your family. But the very fact that you have been delivered, the very fact that you have been set free is the only, the only assurance you need that I'm going to do every word. I'm going to complete and perform. God would have let you die on drugs. Come on, somebody. He'd have let you die on drugs if he didn't have a promise prepared for you that he wants to fulfill in your life. He'd have let you die before you ever got born again of the water and of the spirit. Come on, somebody. But the very fact that you have been set free, the very fact that you have been delivered, come on, somebody. That is the divine assurance that God has a word, that God has a plan that he wants to fulfill for your life. Somebody clap your hands if you believe that. I wish somebody would lift up their voice if you believe that. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. The very fact that you have come out is the very reason you're going in. He wouldn't have let you come out if he didn't intend for you to go in. He'd have let you die in Egypt. Come on, somebody. If he didn't intend to bring you all the way into your promise. Can I tell you, that means, you know what that means? That means your backslidden son, that God is not done with him. Come on, God still has a plan. That means your backslidden daughter, God's not done with him. God still has a plan. 
No sickness is too great. No addiction too great. No problem is too great. Come on, somebody. God is able. And after all that he had already done, they couldn't believe that there were greater heights and greater depths. Because they said, hold on, we're walking out of Egypt. I saw Pharaoh's firstborn die. I saw God protect us by the blood. And they didn't realize that their past was just a type and shadow of their future. I said, your past victories is just a type and shadow of what's coming. They were living their lives like, this is as far as we'll go. But they didn't realize that they were baptized unto Moses in the water. They didn't realize that them coming out of Egypt was a type of them being delivered from sin. They didn't realize that the holiest of holies, that the tabernacle, that God dwelling among them, come on, was a type of the Holy Ghost coming down to dwell in us. They thought it was a peak, but God said, it's just a type and shadow because I've got something greater coming. I've got greater marvels coming. I've got greater things coming. See, see, you've been discouraged because you, you thought you thought you peaked. You thought, okay, this is it. Oh, downhill from here, amen. No, 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 no. Oh no, it's just a type and shadow. It's a type and shadow of what's coming to your daughter. It's a type and shadow of what's coming to your son. It's a type and shadow of what's coming to your lineage. There's a lot more victories that are coming. There's a lot more promises that are coming. There's a lot more. Come on, Holy Ghost. There's a lot more blessings that are coming. God's not done with you. Don't you accept that God is done with you. As your days are, so shall your strength be. And yes, you may get a little bit more weary. But I'm telling you, the victory is just going to taste much more sweeter. It's just going to taste much more sweeter. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that um, that whenever David went back to recover all, the Bible says that there were men that were super tired, and they said, "Hey, y'all, go on. We're gonna stay here by the stuff." They said, "Look, we ain't got the energy to follow you. We tired. Send send them. We gonna come and protect." Watch this. Protect the essentials. You know what that is? You, you go ahead and send the young people to fight. I'm tired. I'm going to stay here and protect the essentials. I'm going to stay here and protect, protect the foundational doctrines that we believe in. I'm going to stay here and protect Jesus' name baptism. I'm going to stay here and protect the oneness of God. I'm going to stay here and protect holiness. I'm going to stay here and protect the essentials. And the interesting thing is that the people with energy and the people that were weary, they both reaped. They both got to partake of the future blessing. Oh, God. Because even the tired have a role to play. Even the weary have a role to play. 
Are you getting it? You see, some of you think, man, all those greater dimensions and greater heights, that's for the people with energy, man. I'm like battle-torn. I'm battle-weary. Come on, I got scars all over. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm wrinkling up, praise God. Y'all, y'all, y'all fight the battle. I still believe in it. Y'all, y'all do your thing. I, I, I'm tired. You think that that discounts you from the blessing of the future? No, but the weary, you know what the weary did? Is that y'all go on. The weary just stayed and protected the essentials. Because if they didn't stay, if they would have all gone, they would have come back and had nothing to live on. Come on. But the weary protected also what was important. And David passed the statute and said the ones that stay back and protect the stuff are going to reap the same way as those that go into battle. Come on, somebody. You may be weary. You may be in a battle, but you hold on. You are still going to protect just like everybody else. Amen. They, they reap just like, I'm telling you, you're going to reap too. Don't, don't, don't feel bad when people, you know, slaying dragons. You just get mad. You're like, yeah, I remember I used to slay dragons. Oh, he slew one? Yeah, I remember we slew two. We slew two in 96. We slew two. No, no, he's like, yeah, go ahead and slay them dragons. Oh, yeah, you do that. I'm going to protect the essentials because we're both going to reap what God has for us because we're in this together. Come on. We're in this together. You do your part and I do my part and we're both going to reap what God has for us. This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how God made a covenant of marvels. Here it is. With stiff-necked people. Oh Lord, some you know what that means? That means some strong-willed people. Oh Lord, it's getting quiet already. Some of y'all super strong. Well, you got some strength in you. And God's like, huh? I'm still gonna work with you. Everybody else says, oh, they're too strong. They're too strong will. God, God can't do nothing with that. God's like, ah, yeah, all right. I got something for you. I'm going to use you. Some people come into church like, oh, I ain't bending. God's like, oh, that's awesome. Look at that. You think, <laughs> think he's not going to bend? Oh, okay. Well, come here, young fella. Come here, young fella. Just. I can use you for my glory. <laughs> use you for my glory. Now, all God had to work with was stiff neck people. What do you do when that's all you got to work with? You start looking for potential in crazy places. See somebody throw a rock, rock in the lake. Hey, come here, boy. <laughs> come here. Can use you for something, amen. If you can throw a rock, you can use a bow and arrow. The guy's like, and how does that go together? We'll figure it out later, amen. 
But I want to go to Deuteronomy 9. Is this helping somebody? I, I love the word of God. Deuteronomy 9, verse 3. Here's why God's wanting to use every single person in this building. And I already hear some of y'all spirits. Like, not me. They, they, no, you. Like somebody trying to duck from my finger. <laughs> somebody just, no, no, no. Every, I don't care what your mistake is. I don't care what your history is. I don't care how much you messed up. Every single person in this building. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 3. Look what it says. Oh, man, I'm so excited about this word. Here it is. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 3. Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth before thee as a consuming fire he will destroy them and he shall bring them down before thy face so shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord hath said unto thee. Here it is, verse 4. Listen to this. Speak not thou in thine heart after the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee saying for my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land but for the wickedness of these nations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land but for the wickedness of these nations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob understand therefore that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this this good land to possess it for thy righteousness for thou art a stiff-necked people God said God says you're not possessing the land because of your goodness watch this he said I'm willing to put up with your weakness when I see the enemy's wickedness I'm willing to put up with your weakness when I see the world's wickedness. And this world is so evil that I'm willing to use stiff-necked people. I'm willing to use people that are hurting, people that are broken, people that are battling, people that are struggling. I still want to use them for my glory. He said, I'm willing to deal with your weaknesses when I see how wicked the world is. He said, and I'm going to do a work in you because of the evil nature of everybody around you. What am I saying? This world is so wicked. God is not looking for perfect vessels to use. When you see the abominations, when you see everything going on in the world, when you see the lack of love, the, the murders, the idolatry, God said, I'm going to use you. And I know you've got weaknesses. I know you've got problems. I know you've got mistakes. But I have to use somebody to bring in an end-time revival. And I want it to be you. 
said, I'm going to put up. See, 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 some of y'all come to church, and here's where I, I feel the shift. Some of y'all come into this church, and every time you come into this church, you come through those double doors, you walk around with guilt on your shoulders. And at any moment, you feel like God's going to strike you dead in judgment. Because you're not perfect, because you don't have it all together, because you've made mistakes. Every time you come through those double doors, you feel like the hand of God is looking for ways to destroy you. Because you feel like a disappointment. You feel like you've fallen short of what God wants you to do. But I want to give you a revelation. There's four, at least four billion to five billion people in this world that have never confessed the name of Jesus. Listen to this. Never confessed it. Listen, yet God wakes them up in the morning. Make sure that heart pulsates. Make sure those lungs expand. Knowing with the breath that they use, they're just going to use it to blaspheme him. Knowing the hands that he gifted to them, that they will use it to write books saying he doesn't exist. Yet... God is long-suffering. Watch this. And he won't judge them until they find an opportunity. He's waiting in the shadows for an opportunity for them to turn to him. They don't know him. But the Bible says God's not willing that any man perish. He doesn't want to send them to hell. So he's long-suffering and he's waiting. And he's giving them breath in their body. He's keeping their minds sharp. Are you getting it? Waking them up. And they don't even know him, yet he shows his love toward them. And you look at people in this building that have the truth has been born again of the water and of the spirit. And you walk in here thinking that God's about to judge you. Well, you're some of the few that even believe in his truth. And God's saying, if I'm patient with people that don't know me, how much more am I patient with my people that know me? Can you lift up your hands where you are right now? I feel the love of God beginning to descend in this place.
Come on, that's it. Open up your mouth. God's going to use you. God's going to use your kids. God's going to use your family. I feel the love of God beginning to sweep over this place. You're in covenant with the God of marvels. You're in covenant. And I feel his marvelous love beginning to sweep across this building. He's not come to condemn you. He's not come to hurt you. He's come to wrap you in his arms. He's come to love you. He's come to call you his son, his daughter. Come on. I feel the love of God beginning to sweep over this auditorium. I want you to stand to your feet all across this building. Uh, musicians can come. Oh, I feel the love of God in this place. Oh, God. God's not come to hurt you. God's not come to throw you away. God's come to show his love. And once you get persuaded of his love, he's going to cause you to do some marvelous things in Pensacola. God's going to call you to do some marvelous things everywhere that you go. I want you to lay your hands on the person next to you right now. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to pray that the love of God would over overwhelm the person next to you. I want you to pray that the love of God would overwhelm them and take away every guilt and take away every condemnation and take For those of you that would like to come and pray, I want you to come and find a place to pray. There's love in these altars. There's love all over this building. If you want to come and pray, why don't you step out your seat with your family and come and find a place to curl up and get into the love of God, get into the presence of God. If you want to stay in your pew, you can stay in your pew and pray. But I don't want you to pray by yourself. I want you to find somebody to link up with wherever you are and I want you to pray that they would see the love of God let them see themselves as a daughter of the most high God let them see themselves as a son of the most high God God's gonna use you you're not defined by your past you're not defined by your failures you're not defined by the things that have happened to you you're in covenant with the God of marvels and he wants to use you for his glory no matter your mistakes 
mistakes, no matter the failures of yesterday. God wants to use you for his glory. I feel condemnation beginning to fall off of your shoulders. I feel guilt, heavy weights of guilt beginning to fall at your feet. Come on, link up with somebody. Link up with somebody and lay your hands on them. And just tell them the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. The Lord's hand is upon you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, link up with somebody. Close those eyes. Enter into the presence of God. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.